It's the Revved Up Sports Show with Bobby Chaffee. We do have this nice little format that we try to try to follow every week. We don't usually follow it. And Rodney Rodriguez. Entertainment. Tell me something. I need to know something other than what I'm seeing. All right, here we go. Here's Bobby and Rodney. How about some Wednesday fun? Let's do some Wednesday. Hashtag uh, Real Race Talk from Texas. Showtime. Bobby Chaffee down south. Rodney Rodriguez up north on a cooler night in Texas. And we're off and rolling. I I mean, it's usually a Monday thing, but here we are. We're doing it once again, and um, all good. Everything good on your end, my friend? So far, so good for a hump day edition anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, middle part of the week, trying to get stuff squared away for this weekend. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Weather-wise, I don't know what it's going to do this weekend. So uh, I don't know. At least it's not going to ice and snow uh, for the birthday coming up. That's good stuff. Looks (laughs) like it's going to rain. Yeah. Uh, for first outlook on the birthday, but that's all right. I mean, I'm, I'm getting old. It doesn't matter as much as it used to. So yeah, there you go. There you go. It is a uh, rocket night on the revved up sports show. As we get set to go coming up, we've got uh seven o'clock. We've got the rocket Rodney Sanders, the man, one of our drivers of the year. He'll be on. And then the Robstown rocket will jump on as well. And of course that is Cameron. Sorry. And we'll talk with him. Uh, going to be going to be a really good show as, as we get ready to go. So uh, stay tuned for, for those guys that will hit the revved up sports show hotline. Bobby, I, I think one of the, um, and again, we've, uh, like we said, we're into Wednesday. I think one of the things that I was surprised to see today, when we talk about on the asphalt side, when we want to talk about national touring series and everything that 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 we've uh, that we've discussed in the past with Track Enterprises and Bob Sargent jumping in here buying CRA and all of this, uh, I think shit's about to get real. Well, he said that they, in the release that they wanted to make it be like a modern day ASA tour, which mm-hmm. they got a lot of work to do to make it like the ASA tour used to be. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of dates. That's a lot of racetracks, which is really trying to reinvent the wheel, just because of the fact that if you really think about it. ASA was a different animal, right? It was it was a super late model, but yet it wasn't a super late model. It was a step above a super late model, but not quite a bush car, right? They had their own specific bodies and their own specific chassis and stuff like that. CRA now, ARCA CRA series, they have this basically a super late model chassis. They run yeah. the same rules that everybody else does, but we've been talking about for years if they were ever going to get around to having uh, the, take all the big money races and turn it into a super late model tour. This is step number one in making that happen. Well, and I think this this is where the opportunity is there because with that, I mean, they not only inherit uh, the the the, CR, the the super late model. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, phases to this that that will be a part of of what they're planning to do right there. And I think that's part of. Um, you got to have some of that, some of that, uh, the undercard. I hate to say that because it's insulting to some people, but you have to have all of that in place as well. And I think that 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 everything's in place here to where they may be able to. The timing is great, right? The timing is great because you, you've got Speed Fest coming up, so um, you, you got to love when a plan comes together like that. And it's one of those things we hadn't really heard it right through all the rumblings. You know, you always hear, "Oh, this tour is going to get bought. This tour is going to get sold." Every now and then, but this one kind of came. Kind of came as a shock. It kind of they, they did pretty good about keeping it under the wraps until it came time to announce it, basically right before Speed Fest come through. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a way to see how this super late model stuff happens. But they get the I'm, I'm assuming they get the the CRA street stocks with it. And, all all you know, of the that. Street, yeah, that yeah. that ends up being just like a factory stock discussion. These guys are spending as much on a quote unquote street stock 
yeah. as they are, you know, yeah. with late models and stuff. So yeah, it's going to be the all-star tour. I mean, it's everything street stocks, uh, the pro late models, all of that will be a part of, of what they're going to do right there. But I can't help but think, I cannot help but think, I know that there's a little bit of a cooperation there where, you know, with Tim Bryant and the Southern Super Series and all of that, but 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 when push comes to shove right here, when it comes to dollars and cents, I mean, who who's going to give? I mean, who's going to give? I think that's going to be the hardest part because you do have, we've talked to so many other, other Northern guys that have been on this show, and, you know, you obviously you got, you know, with the, with the Southern Super Series there. Who's going to give? I mean, it, um, it, it's business now. It's business now. When you had Bob Harmon and you had, uh, you know, with Rex Robbins, that was kind of a different thing now. It, it's, um, I don't know. I, I mean, that saturation thing that we talk about, uh, we may be into that again. It's going to be it's gonna be tough, right? There's only so many different racetracks nowadays for these places to run. You think about the old ASA tour, they were running big joints. I mean, not, not counting when they ran Michigan and stuff like that. But Absolutely. Those guys are running... They were running the Milwaukee Mile. Mm-hmm. They were running Topeka Road Course there, Topeka, Kansas. They started to expand the outreach just past the Midwest. I know there for years when they switched to the the that ASA Pro Late Model Tour, they ran a race in San Antonio for a big money race down there. But you know they they started moving out past the Upper Midwest, out into the you know into the Carolinas and stuff like that. So it's um. You know, it's, I think that you have to find a way to differentiate yourself just like the old ASA tour did to keep from oversaturating the market. Yeah, and the thing's going to be, I mean, they're talking about 2023 and beyond and maybe flirting with it in 2022. And um, I'm curious to see because it, it's going to be, it, it is going to be a lot. And and this is when you start dividing racers and, and the different, um, I've heard different ideas about different series and all of this and, and um I don't know, man. I, I think it's uh, – I, I really don't know what to think about this. I mean, initially I was excited, but I don't think that Tim Bryant and his group are going to just be like, okay, let's do it. I mean, they've built a really nice thing. When you look at, at what he's done there with, with SSS, I mean, it's like uh, you're wanting to poach on his thing. But that's what racing really is. I mean, because you see all the different uh, all the different series and organi- organizations that have done whatever it may be, people start poaching around at it, and it kills it all in general. And I don't know what the case is going to be right here. It comes down to money. I mean, a lot of people have talked about, well, maybe Southern Super Series needs to pay more to win. You know, we talked about the Derby and all of that versus the Oxford 250. Uh, I mean, the Derby doesn't pay shit to win. But it. Um, I, I don't know. Th- this may convolute it more than help it in many ways i think well southern super series is starting to creep a little further north than they have been Mm -hmm. uh they've really been majorly you know tied in the south now they're moving into upper georgia moving into the carolinas uh races along those lines trying to get in with greenville pickens trying to get in there with the co-sanctioned cra event ironically there at nashville yeah so they've definitely tried to expand the reach i think it's really going to depend on and, and southern super series has increased their purse they have. Yeah, they they've, have. They've added a, they had. They've added it for this year. Thinking, what is it? Ten grand to win. That's right. Plus, I think ten grand for a bonus win and a five grand for a you know, winner. Can you know if you repeat win, you get like twenty five thousand twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's yeah. a lot of coin. But I really think it's going to come down. It's going to come down to dollars and cents. You know, is it going to? Which kind of TV package is it going to be? Is it going to be an internet only stream like the way that the the Southern Super Series does now? Yeah. Uh, with a lot of it being there with our friends on Race in America, so. I think there's a lot of questions to be answered that not a lot of people have the answers to right now. And, you know, with Bob Sargent, I mean, the the history is there where I think that that could be an opportunity for him to 
you know, th- there is a lot of history. He was part of the the thing in Nashville there with uh, SRA and all of that. And, and and I listened to him on Racing America what what they were talking about, the stuff that they learned, and and all of that. But but that's where I don't know, man. I think it's you're you're going to. Depending how you do this, um, you're going to sour some of the short track fans because we, uh, so many of us, are still set in our ways where we want it to be, the way it used to be, and 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 many just can't realize that it's not going to be that way anymore. It, 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 there's lots of different. Uh, uh, Things that I mean, I mean, it can't be like ASA way before. It, it can't be like that. It can't be all pro. But the the key is going to be when you start because you have to spread this thing out because it's going to be north, south, east, and west. I mean, you if it's a true touring super late model series, which we have not seen for you know two decades or whatever it's been, um, to get the cost in line, that's a whole different subject. That you know, I, I'm not sure who's going to be in charge of that. Um, and um, it's a lot, man. It's going to be a lot. I mean, I applaud the effort. I applaud the effort. But at the same time, I look at this at, at a different way where it's like, okay, the, 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 CR, uh, the, the CA, uh, CRA series was a really good thing. Now it's being overtaken again. And um, you can look at that at the same way as where, okay, this is really cool. Here comes somebody big taking it over, going to blow it up and just totally screw it up. And that's what happened with ASA, right? Absolutely. When they got taken Same over. Thing. Same thing. The original ASA, when they wanted to start running uh, Atlantas and Charlottes of the world with super late models and yep. perimeter cars and yep. stuff like that. Same shit. It was supposed to be the next big thing. It really tore up that series, and it disappeared after that. Mm-hmm. And that that's actually what I fear may happen right here because nobody's actually really gone into – I really think what needs to happen with super late model racing, and I think that um, – Somebody needs to go in and, and figure out a way to, to kind of tail some of the costs. But but that, that, that's where it's it's such a, a crazy thing because so many people want that to happen. Where it's like, let's figure out a way to make this less expensive. But so many people are like, no, we like it. <laughs> you know? And it... Um you ain't going to please them all. You're not going to please them all, but, um, you know, people will travel for, for the big purses. But uh, I mean, think about that. I, I mean, to go from Alabama across the coast to California, I mean, that, that, that's going to be a lot of coin, man. That's going to be a lot of coin. Well, you got to have the love for it, right? You, you know, there, there's some deep pockets inside super late model racing. Sure. I think that there's deeper pockets for super late model racing than there is for the Arca Arca tour. Uh, especially the Arca, the Arca East Tour. Mm-hmm. Arca West, you've got a little bit on the West Coast. You've got a little bit more money because the only thing you've got over there, super late model rise, is the SRL Tour, which they pay okay, and they got a lot of good following. But I feel like the Arca West Series is a little bit better off than the Arca East Series. Um, I think that you have a way that, that if you had a really big touring series for super late models, uh, that would be the biggest threat would be to take away from the Arca, both the National Tour and the uh the east and west regional side and that becomes the other question where it's like uh, i mean for the aspiring young drivers that that want to be in the cup series or want to be in the in the xfinity or whatever you want to call it is is super late model racing really going to be the 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 next uh you know step for them to to make that dream happen or do they want to go to arca or or does the super late model series really become what what i wish it would be which is you know Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassie, Casey Roderick. I mean, all of these guys that we like to watch 
on the short tracks, get out there, be able to do this and, and be, you know, have contingency packages and, and sponsorship and all of this to where it's worth worth it for them to travel across the country. And um, I, I don't know that, that that's really what I see. Uh, I, I I just fear that that what's going to happen here is is when we have a quote unquote national super late model series that, that's going to be doing whatever that it does it falls into the realms of arca and and all of this other stuff let that be that and, and try to make this its own thing but that there's there's money again and and that's the thing everything hinges on that but it's always been about money absolutely right? that's exactly absolutely i mean that the world the you know, race cars don't run on smiles and and uh, and butterfly farts i mean it runs on money mm-hmm. i mean that's the way it's always been that's the way it's always going to be uh, I think you have to find a way to balance it out, though, because if the money's good, but the racing sucks, and it doesn't matter what it pays, right? Generally, the higher the purse, the better the racing, because mm-hmm. you're supposed to get the best of the best when they come run. So I think it comes down to it's all going to be in the perception of this series. That's yeah. what it's going to be like, the perception of the racers. Because what comes first? Are the racers just going to follow the big money races, or are they going to follow the racers? Uh, you know, is it going to be a bunch of Bubba Pollard fans going to going to races because Bubba Pollard's racing in an area that he hadn't been racing before, yeah. running at Jennerstown Speedway versus running this, running down south at Pensacola or Mo or uh, uh, Montgomery or something like that. So I think it's going to be it's just going to be a matter of preparation in terms of getting all their stuff together. I think you're right; it's a little late to get everything together and change it for 2020, 2022. Yeah, uh, but definitely they get a year to kind of hit the reset button, kind of see what's going on. But I, I do think it's in good hands. Uh, I mean, because uh, Bob Sargent, I mean, that's a guy where he's done a lot. And and the whole thing is to get it all aligned and, and figure out what's going to happen there. But that, that really was big news today uh, to see that that was all going down. And I do wonder, you know, like when we see that. I mean, we, we've talked about it with some of the dirt series that are changing hands in Texas. And, and you folks might be able to tell us different. But when it's like, we acquired this series. Okay. How'd you acquire it? What'd you pay for it? <laughs> What'd you do? Because it's like, what's it worth? <laughs> no offense. So remember, we had that talk. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. did, did, are, are you paying off debt, or, or what are you doing? You know. So I'd be curious to know that with that CRA thing. I mean, I think it had to be worth something. I mean, RJ Scott and them—they they've been running it. It's got a name brand feel to it. Sure, they probably does. paid some and money. Jegs for it. is a part of that. I mean, Jegs is Mid- a big. Yeah, yeah. Mid mid fifties, maybe something like that. I mean, I doubt it's a six figure deal. Man, yeah, I wouldn't think so. Uh, if it is, I think somebody got stiffed. But but I mean, that's just my thought. But anyway, I don't know. Uh, Speed Fest is coming up. Speed Fest is coming up, and um, I think this could be a fun weekend. This could be a fun weekend uh, of some good racing. You've got the supers and the pros that are going to be there. The modifieds of mayhem. That are uh, that are going to be on the on the bill there. You got Bubba's going to race Chandler Smith, and and this really is the kickoff of everything for the pavement side of, of super late model racing. Because here's the first big one coming up, and it's at Cordial, and I think it I think this is going to be a, a really fun event coming up this weekend. It's definitely got a way to to make it happen. And you got a wider range of cars. I'm really interested in the modified race because the modified race has that north and south type of feel to it, where they try to get the Midwest mods racing against the modifieds of mayhem. I'd like to see that work a little bit more or see them work a little bit more together. Now, during the pandemic, yeah. you had some of the, the Midwest guys coming down and running the full tour with the modifies and mayhem. But I think that that class needs to grow. It doesn't have what it once had because it's just as expensive to race a modified as it is to race a pro late model and a Absolutely. super late model. 
Absolutely. The difference is, is all the pub and all the money and all that is in the super late models and the pro late models. So mm-hmm. that's where they got to try to find a way to make that work. It's its own little niche market. I mean, we love the pro late models here or the pro modifieds here because that's the top of the line. Yeah, that's we all got. we get. <laughs> yeah, that's all we get. Great post. And I think it's from revedupsportshow.com is where it says uh, Indiana and Michigan. That's that's where the racing's at. And, and that's what we're finding. I mean, everything is really up there. Uh, we've got everything on the coast. I mean, I saw that Florida was wiped out this weekend with with rainouts and so forth. But but when you talk about outlaw late models, super late models, I mean, it, it really is where where folks, I, I think, are really I, I mean, I know Bobby, you and I, I mean, with, with Phil, you know, being a part of our team here where we are realizing that everything is really happening up there and it, it, it just, um, people don't talk about it. I mean, but we're way down here. So I think that's probably the main reason, but they are not suffering up there at all. So that's where I'm going to be curious because it's always been the, the North versus South. I mean, think about the old all American 400, all, all of those days, mm-hmm. ASA and all pro. But right now, when you really want to talk about, uh, a, a a across the country series you got to go east and west because i mean i mean that that's where it's at i mean it, it's everywhere i mean north and south only going to work so far mm-hmm. in terms of making that work it's uh you know because like we said before you're not going to end up having a way to 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 make it better for the guys down south versus the guys up north so i mean it um they're going to have to pick their poison. Like you said, east and west versus north and south i mean there's only so many things they can do i like what owen put on there on the uh on the page there yeah. it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it hell that's you it. know that from the real estate business i mean that, that's really it i mean i mean the whole thing is you can take this thing and go and spin it and sell it every different way and i was actually having this discussion with a promoter today as a matter of fact where it comes down to uh, i mean with what we're doing here with the streaming thing i mean it's such a big deal right now because people don't have to go to the racetrack and it's so much easier. I mean, whether it be on what whatever platform that you're going to consume this stuff, it um, you can pay for a subscription and, and watch it. Um, and that's you have to you have to have that in in the whole hopper too when you're doing the whole bingo thing. You know, B12 or whatever it may be, is figure out how much money are you going to to try to make off of streaming versus coming in the turnstiles because if you're really trying to have a a, a big reach, you. Um, it's expensive to travel. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money to travel, and, and I don't care the surface. It, um, you have to factor that in, too, to where streaming is so important right now. Well, it, it, streaming is not what it used to be. Hell for no, sure. it ain't. I mean, back uh, even, even what it was three or four years ago, much less five or six years ago, and everybody was totally against it. Yeah. You know, streaming is its own, it's its own unique entity right now in terms of, I mean, that's why our friends over at Race on Texas have grown as much as they have. You know, their, their last growth has been more so in the last two years versus the last four years because they keep adding tracks and adding tracks. But I think the difference is, is the business model that some of them use. You have the track, you have the, the fast pass uh, with, with Race on Texas that they're able to do that. But then you got a subscription service like uh, Racing America powered by Speed 51 mm-hmm. where you have a subscription base and then you pay for the bigger races. You know, they, they go in and broadcast, pay for the broadcast rights of these races to go out to the, the masses online, and then they find a way to make the advertising dollars make it work. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Owen, South Texas Arena Series kicks off. It's coming up on, on February 5th in Robstown. That right there looks like a hell of a lot of fun. It really does. And if you mm-hmm. see some of the rules, a lot of it running mm-hmm. L87 rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but man, I wish there was an extra cart for me and you. Maybe me and you go down there one day and do a little announcing and racing down there. I don't want to race. I don't want to race. I'll just announce uh, if I race, that's just more problems. 
<laughs> no driving for me right now. I'll announce. Not even a little. Not even a little go kart down nope, there. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. I don't need okay. to be. I don't need to have any steering wheel in my hand other than my daily driver. Bobby, I've done this a long time. It just takes one time. <laughs> <laughs> one time. I've already got two cars I need to get rid of. <laughs> you never know. Maybe they'll start an antique dwarf car racing series. There's still enough of them out there. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun and a great uh, a great opportunity for people to get behind the wheel uh, and get out there and do fun stuff. And and then at the same time, I mean, Owen's here with us, and I'm not trying to hurt you know what he's got coming up. But this is clear across the country in Waco. You've got the you've got the the big uh, 250 coming up there on February 5th as well, and you know there's going to be a lot of folks ready for that one. They've had it circled, and uh, it's it's time to fire up. It's time to go. It's time to get after it. I feel like we should have got an enduro car ready. I think you could have enjoyed running an enduro car. Should have took that that yellow number eleven car out Same of the problem. driveway. I don't need to be driving anything. Let your dad drive. He don't need to be driving nothing either. He needs to go get a COVID <laughs> test. <laughs> he needs to be driving to the COVID test. That's yeah, what he needs to yeah, be driving. That's exactly right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm ready for for stuff to get fired up, and and uh, I think that. Uh, Weather permitting, I, I think uh, I checked the Farmer's Almanac. I think everybody's going to be in good shape. I, I think February is going to be really, really good for, for folks to be able to to jump out and, and get rolling. I think it will be. I mean, the, the excitement's there, right? We're, you know, you've been watching the next-gen test there from Phoenix today. Watched a little bit of that. We Everybody got a chance to watch it there uh, in Daytona. So I think the fact that that's coming up, I mean, we're the, the clash has got so much buzz around it. I can't wait for the clash at the Coliseum. Who, who is DJ Ski? I have no idea. Is that somebody else performing during the intermission? Apparently, what's going to happen now? They said it's never happened before, but on the yellow flags, DJ Ski, whoever that is, it's a white dude, by the way, will be oh. in, entertaining the well, which that doesn't matter at all. I, I mean, but. So I'm I'm assuming he's like a scratcher or whatever the DJ's doing. Something, yeah. Yeah. So he will be entertaining during the yellow flags. They said, this has never been done before at racing events. I'm like, I guess you people never went to Kyle. We, yeah, no. That, we did that shit all the time in the yellow flags. That's right. And thanks to the puppet master for making that. He could always tell when we were <laughs> running out of stuff to say. Surprisingly, we did eventually run out of stuff to say and had to have the music playing during cautions there at at Thunder Hill and well, but, CTS, but he but. was playing George Strait and, and you know the Commodores and and all this stuff for for our fan base, not not the California thing. That's I mean, true. Not That's not true. the California thing, but uh, yeah. So you'll have you'll have uh, entertainment during the Yellows. You'll have entertainment on pit road before with the owner, one of the owners of Car Ninety Nine, and then at the break you'll have uh, Ice Tray or Cube or T or whatever his name is. He'll come out and do some singing too. Ice Cube is going to be Cube. there for the the intermission. Ice Cube and Pit Bull. Nice, nice. I'll mute it at that point. Although I, I am, I do want to see the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm that that's going to be good. That's yeah, gonna that's going to be good. good. That's going to be damn good. That might, um, I don't think it'll pass up the Katy Perry thing, but that's just because I'm a pervert. But I, I think that it's it's going to be good. That's going to be good. I've been told I can't have a Super Bowl party this year. So um, not because of COVID, just because we don't want to. When you had 57 people at the house at the last one, she didn't want to have a big party here this this year. So uh, maybe it may be up to you to carry the flag there, buddy. No, man. I, I, as simple as possible. As simple as possible. I'm all about uh, being easier these days. Two years ago, Kobe Bryant died. 
and that was really the beginning of the end. That you had the Kobe Bryant, then you had Ryan Newman, and then you had well, this other thing we're dealing with. It's been two Still, years. Man. Isn't that crazy? It's hard to believe it's been two years. It's weird, weird man. It seems I remember like- saying I'd only be at home for two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, Houston going to have races. Uh, any races this year? Yes, there will be four. And uh, you can go back, I think, on the Gulf Coast pages where all that's posted. That's not anything that that series is not wanting to. I feel like Jeff Gordon when I'm doing this because it's like, so right now I'm talking as a host and uh, as a co-host with you and at, uh, t- referring to that where I'm like part of Hendrick Motorsports. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, four races, and that is because that drag strip is very, very, very busy uh i can tell you that series would love to have more races but it's just not um i mean it's just not uh, conducive to the plan of that racetrack right now well the jacks it makes all the money work that uh, yeah that's, that's the way that it works i mean it's that simple the business model's there yeah uh and then you know the the cost of leasing that facility if anybody <laughs> knew how much that actually cost Mm-hmm. You, you'd wonder why the doors are even open on that place. Everyone that wants to bitch about wanting another race, you pay that rent one weekend. Pay that rent one weekend, and they'll race. Mm-hmm. It is not It's not cheap. Mm-hmm. It is a high-rent district to rent that place out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a lot, and it it may uh, continue to go up. I mean, because you know, with Baytown going away, it, it, and and speaking of that, that's one thing I do want to address here before we get uh, uh, too 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 deep into this. A lot of folks talking about with with uh, why the less races. Well, you got to figure out Baytown's going to. When's that last Baytown race? April sixth or twentieth or something like that. That track is. It going. ends with the NHRA. Yeah, that's it ends right. With the NHRA and it's done. Yeah, that's it. And people need a place to race. And man, this dude, this dude is really good this dude being uh, dean baker he's really going to uh be doing really well because all these all these um you know sport racers professionals whatever they are they're going to want to have a place to go and that's the closest place and um they utilize that oval to to do their shows i mean it's the way it is i mean it's just it's the nature of the world uh if somebody wants to build a new racetrack just uh holler at us we'll tell you the right people to hook up with to start building it yeah nice place to put it i put it in central texas right in the middle of everybody uh Uh, dallas houston san antonio austin west texas nabromfels nabromfels i I mean do something out there shirts i I mean i don't know it um you know this goes back to the the old thing that we talk about where if i won the lottery which i don't even play because i spend too much money on on other things if I won the lottery and could buy that place, I would get rid of the drag strip. And people will probably at me on Twitter because I'm just not a drag race guy. But I'd get rid of the drag strip, and I mean, let's let's go full bore uh, oval track racing. But that's just me, and I'm not going to win the lottery. I got to buy a ticket to win that thing. Well, it's easier to just build a brand new racetrack than buy one. I agree. I mean, you could buy you buy. I mean, if you built a new one, you could build exactly what you wanted and actually build a drag strip too, because mm-hmm. there's really not a drag strip in Central Texas either. You could build a multi-use facility uh, and have it to where it's an event center and a multi-use facility, kind of like what Owen's doing down there with the South Texas Race Ranch, where you've got to you got a place to run concerts and some other stuff out there, and you know you still got the Turn Five Bar. At least that's what it was called last time I heard about the it. The only the only thing that that Owen is missing there. And I think, man, this would really seal the whole deal over there, other than the drag strip. I don't know how big drag racing is over there uh, along, along the coastal bend. I know there was one down, uh, there was a drag strip on, on the way to the valley. You know, when we'd go to McAllen, there was something out there. But, man, imagine a, a motocross track out there. Man, 
You got that mm, whole yeah. corner right there, Brownsboro Road. I mean, throw throw yourself some whoops out there. Let those motocrossers go at it. Oh, man, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be a lot of fun, uh, especially down there. You know, you get some people coming in, make the day trip. Oh, my go goodness. To, get up in the morning, go down to the beach or go down to the racetrack and spend the nights at the beach. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Go catch some uh, some motocross. Uh, that'd be fun. That That's free advice, Mr. Pittman. Free advice right there, uh, courtesy of the RevedUpSportsShow.com. Going to the hotline. It is Rocket Night. Rocket Night, and we explained that earlier. Uh, the first rocket that we're going to is, uh, man, this dude, and, and obviously one of our drivers of the year, touring series driver of the year. This dude just keeps on doing it and doing it and doing it. Glad to have him back on. It is Rodney Sanders. Rodney, how you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing well, man. We're doing well. And like I said, you are so good because you have that great first name. A man named Rodney has got to be, has <laughs> <laughs> got to be a badass, man. Um, Break everything down, dude. The, the the tour, the Wild West tour, the Wild West shootout, man. That was uh, quite the ass whooping you put on those folks. Yeah, we had a, a really good trip. I mean, it didn't start out so well, but uh, <laughs> ended out really well. But um, it's just uh, you have, have to have a lot of luck, and we had a really good car, so uh, it uh, it all played out really well. Absolutely. So Rodney, talk about that that trace track in Vado. I mean, I, I got to drive by there in November, and it's it's uh, depending on which way you run, high line or low line, depends on the length of the racetrack. But they got a pretty nice uh, racing facility out there in the middle of uh, El Paso and Las Cruces, right there. Yeah, they do. It's a really nice place. I mean, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it is a really good racetrack, and the facility is really nice. So I thought it was a good good event or a good racetrack for the event and uh, looking forward to uh, going back out there later yeah so how cool is it when, when you get out there and i mean you've got the best of the best out there i mean you you've got folks coming out and it's one of those things where the season has ended so to speak and you're kind of rolling into the next season when you get out there and you, you've got all of these drivers that are that are that are getting after it how cool is that to start the i guess start the season that way I mean, it, it was good that we had a lot of, you know, good competition out there. A lot of the guys we raced with on a nightly basis were out there, or a couple of the, the heavy hitters were. So uh, it was good to kind of see where we stacked up. But, uh, um, you know, there's always good good racers at those at those uh, early shows, just being, you know, even a lot of northern guys just yeah. trying to go to get out of the weather. But uh, it was good, you know, to race with uh, Ramirez and Mullins and a bunch of them guys that we raced with a lot. And, uh, um, it was, uh, you know, good, uh, at least like, like I said, see where we stacked up and, uh, we're just looking forward to, uh, getting the season started off and, uh, we're really excited about it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a lot of fun. How does, how does the wild West, uh, tour racing over there? Does it race any different than the big races you go to at TMS? Um, a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, which when we say, uh, and and uh, Happy Texas, I mean, that's one of our closer tracks. I mean, it's still like six hours, but it was still one of the closest ones, so it made it nice going there instead of Arizona. But, uh, you know, you, you always get, it seems like, you know, that time of year you get a lot of cars, just, you know, people all over. But, uh, um, but you know, they're all, you know, really good competition, no matter it seems like where you go nowadays. But, uh uh, the track out there, it just has, you know, more character in it than I would say like Texas Motor Speedway. It seemed like we always knew going to Texas Motor Speedway was going to be drier or have a cushion on it or whatever. But, yeah. you know, we had 
late models out there and it seemed like we almost had a different racetrack every night so uh it was it was kind of nice you know to you know get six uh nights of racing in and had some, something different every night yeah yeah, that's good stuff. So, so talking about that that TMS deal, I mean, how, how big is that? I mean, you got the Monday Night Series, but but for for all of us, I mean, we're short track folks to get out there and 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 to be a part of that facility. I mean, obviously you got the Super Speedway there, but to get out there and and let you guys showcase as good as y'all are to get out there and race at that place, uh, that, that, that's got to be a big deal for 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 all the drivers. Yeah, it's pretty cool, especially on, you know, Monday night. Yeah. That's kind of unheard of to do, you know, weekday racing, you know, especially in the Texas area. So <laughs> that was kind of cool. Um, you know, it's always, you know, I always thought it was kind of a prestigious deal to even race at that racetrack. So, you know, to race kind of like at a, I wouldn't say at a weekly level, but, you know, um, pretty, you know, once a month or twice a month or kind of however it uh, panned out, it's cool to race over there. I mean, it's, um, it's just always, you know, I thought really cool to race there, just being like you said, close to the, the big track and all that. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's always cool, you know, to, you know, all the pits are, you know, asphalt, <laughs> makes it really nice work on everything. Yeah, no doubt. So, Rodney, for your race team or, or yourself in general, uh, how do you pick your races? Are you a money racer? Are you a points racer? Or are you a competition guy that wants to race against the best of the best? Or is it a combination of all of it when you sit down in the beginning and try to make your schedule for the upcoming season? Um, Probably a little bit of everything. I mean, we follow USMTS mainly just because, you know, for the modified, it's kind of the best paying gig out there. And then that's part of the reason we did the Monday deal because, you know, for – they paid a you know pretty decent amount, and uh, you know especially on you know Sunday Mondays, um, that's kind of unheard of. So we just try to go where we feel like you know pays the best, and um, which you know it's it's always good when you have good guys you know to race against. You know it makes it tougher, but makes you a lot better at the same time. So we just try to pick and choose what kind of pays the most, but at the same time we don't have to travel, you know, all the way to you know the new york or pennsylvania or something like that but um we just you know always look at the money aspect of it first yeah yeah that that's huge i mean that's one of the things we were talking about where it, it drives everything i mean no, no doubt about that so let's talk about the uh southern nationals <laughs> another great event for you i mean it, it's so cool i mean you get out here and, and, and you just steamroll through these things i mean you make it you make it look easy you make it look easy talk, talk about these races for you because it's like okay rodney sanders wins you know four of six whatever it may be but it's got to be a lot of work. I mean, you guys get out there, like you talk about the track changes, uh, I mean, setups, everything that has to happen there. Walk us through one of those, one of these big weekends when you just get out there and, and you do make it look easy. I mean, a lot of times we've, you know, been to some of these tracks before, so we try to keep notes on, you know, what gear we were at or, you know, kind of what, what we did, you know, when we had luck at that track or whatever. So mm-hmm. it always helps going back somewhere you've been before, but you know, it, like I said, it kind of all adds up, you know, um, <laughs> with with luck. And, you know, we got to have, obviously have speed in the car and everything. But um, it definitely helps, you know, somewhere we've been before so we can, or, you know, compare it to something or, you know, kind of know what we're getting into. Um, but it seems like I've done it a long time now. So definitely helps, you know, uh, since we've been to a lot of these racetracks before. Yeah. 
So right now I want to talk about the car or the cars in general for the modifieds. Obviously, each car builder has its own little you know nuance that says my car is better than this car or we build something a little special versus everybody else. How close are the modified chassis? I mean, there's only so many different ways you can design a tubing to make it work to go around a racetrack. Is, are they more close to being somewhat universal or are they, you know, like the new cup cars are going to be with the kit cars or are they really that different between the different manufacturers? Um, I mean, obviously we're all on the same front clip, so that makes it, you know, somewhat, somewhat of the same, but there's so many different, you know, um, lift arm pull bars, uh, different setup combinations, you know? Um, but I feel like they're somewhat comparable just because, you know, you're you're all on a, you know, stock front clip. So, um, that makes it kind of, you know, somewhat equal, but I mean, there's so many different combinations and setup stuff you you can do and just you know just because it worked for me doesn't mean it works for the next guy so um, that's the biggest thing it's just finding you know kind of what each person likes and uh um but it is uh you know i feel like more more equal than some of the other classes just because of our front clip yeah yeah that that is a big equalizer i mean you can only do a certain amount with with that clip i mean it's designed it's not designed to do what what you guys are doing with it so it's uh it's a very it's a it's a very good equalizer so let's talk about 2022 so we're we're moving forward into this uh your thoughts for because we we were talking about pavement racing earlier challenges for dirt track racing in 2022 moving forward you've got you've got usra you've got imca they both do a really really good job sanctioning all this stuff to try to keep it in line as much as possible but whether it be modifieds dirt late models whatever your thoughts on on big challenges for dirt racing in 2022 i think a lot of it's just the expense and then the shortages it seems like anymore you can't get tires or parts or you know everything you get it's hard to get and then you know everything's kind of through the roof so i feel like it's really going to hurt hurt kind of everything but i feel like it's going to hurt more at a local level mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then anything um kind of sucks but it's, <laughs> uh, i think that's going to be the you know the biggest downfall of uh this coming year i mean maybe it'll change or you know everything will get kind of sorted out but i know it's just hard to get anything right now yeah yeah that sucks you know, Rodney, one of the things we talked about is that, you know, everybody used to say dirt racing was cheaper than asphalt. And I think some of that works at the local level when you get to the bombers and some of those other classes like that. But when you start racing the cars like you're racing with these big mods and touring around with USMTS and all of that, it all costs the same. It all costs a hell of a lot of money to race any kind of high-tech race car nowadays, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the mods are expensive. The late models are, you know, way more expensive and you know, even trying to do it at a local level is expensive. So it's, uh, you know, it's just, um, I guess, just kind of the way, you know, the world's working right now. It seems like, it, you know, no matter what you do, it seems expensive. So, you know, gas prices and everything are through the roof. So um, it's definitely not a, a cheap sport, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, things can get sorted out. And, um, you know, it kind of helps that, you know, like the USMTS and some of these guys are paying more money, yep. you know, to help which that really does help us, you know, if you can run good and get some of that money. But uh, it's uh, definitely, you know, it wouldn't be possible with uh, for us if it wasn't for, you know, a lot of great, you know, supporters and sponsors and stuff behind us. 
Yeah. So speaking of that, so we were talking a while ago about streaming and all that. I mean, there's a lot of ways where you don't have to go to the track and you can watch uh, you guys doing what what you do. Um, as you travel around from racetrack to racetrack, what do those grandstands look like? I, I mean, uh, are, are folks still coming out to the racetrack? I mean, we only know what we see right here in Central Texas because we, you know, that that's what we have. But are folks still going to racetracks, you know, still wanting to get out there and be a part of it? I mean, it, it really isn't real unless you're there, in my opinion. But uh, what do you see as you're going to all the different places? It just kind of depends. I mean, uh, you know, certain areas we know like that always get good crowds, but then there's some that, you know, just, you know, don't seem like there's very many people. So, which I do think, like you said, the broadcasting and stuff does, you know, play a, a role in it where some of the people are like, oh, we're not going to go tonight because we could watch it at home. Um, but, you know, it just kind of depends. It seems like the further, I don't know, especially USMTS stuff, you know, it seems like the, Minnesota and Iowa, the northern tracks, they always have a good fan base up there, which, you know, like we ran TMS yeah. a lot during the summer, and there wasn't a lot of people actually in the grandstands, but, you know, I, you know, I kind of heard through the grapevine that, you know, there's a lot of people watching online, so, right. um, which it's really good for the sport, you know, at, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it seems like, you know, maybe you don't get as many people at the track, but I think as a whole, you probably get more people watching. That's right. So we got a couple of questions left before we cut you loose. We thank you for the time, like always. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, on deck for 2022, the first big show's out of the way. Uh, what's coming up for the next couple of races for you coming into this first quarter of racing uh, here in 2022? Um, it'll probably be the USMTS race. Uh, I think it's like March 4th or 5th. First weekend of March is um, what we're kind of looking at right now. Uh, we got a lot of work to do between now and then and, you know, between <laughs> – our own stuff and some, you know, customer stuff. Um, we don't re- I haven't really seen much else kind of in between. Uh, I know it's still kind of early for, you know, a lot of places, you know, February, March, but, um, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. But, uh, you know, if something comes up that we see that pays good, we might go to it, but, uh, we're <laughs> looking at probably the USMTS opener. So, so let's talk about it right quick, Rodney. I, I need to ask you that because that, that's one of the things back, back in, in my days of racing, you know, you would put stuff off, put it off, put it off, you know, ready for March, you know, whatever. Do you see that with customers where it's like a beginning of March, everybody's, you know, they're, they're clamoring to, to get stuff to, to, to try to get ready. Do, do people still procrastinate just as bad as I used to, or me and my team used to? Yeah, kind of. It seems like, you know, oh, well, we still got, you know, a month or two, but like the last month or two weeks, you know, everybody wants, you know, stuff done at one time. And, you know, it it makes it even harder nowadays because you go to order something or, you know, they're out of it or, you know, it's going to be a week or two. Well, you know, it kind of gets everybody in a bind, but, you know, which, you know, I think most local tracks probably start into March 1st of April. So, I mean, there still is some time, but, you know, you can't ever really ever be too far ahead in this race and stuff. It, you know, it seems like anymore you can almost race year-round if you want to. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's a really busy schedule. Yeah, yeah, and especially now with trying to get stuff uh, on time. I mean, that, that's got to be a big challenge. Got to ask you lastly, so when we were doing our, you know, drivers of the year and, and everything, hopefully, I, I hope that you have gotten your award. If you haven't, it's coming at some point. But uh, so <laughs> I saw some of the back and forth, and it was uh, you were like decisively <laughs> during series driver of the year. Um, I didn't get a vote, 
but I did get some input on that. And uh, your thoughts on that, because uh, your peers around here, they were like Sanders all the way. Um, it's kind of surprising really to me. Really? I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, uh, we had a good year as far as wins and, you know, but like our USMTS, you know, we were down on wins and that, and, you know, didn't finish high in points as we did in the past, but like we won, I think more races last year as a whole than we have in, you know, than the last couple, but you know, that, then, uh, Tex motor speedway races really helped. I mean, we did really well yeah. at them. And then, uh, you know, just kind of through the year, it's like we, I mean, felt like I honestly kind of felt like, you know, we were kind of on a dry spell for a while, but then, <laughs> you know, if you, uh, you figure something out and get on a roll, I mean, you can click off a bunch of wins in a hurry. And, yeah. um, we were just, I don't know, I, I guess I got really high expectations, but, uh, you know, it was a, a really good year, but, you know, we wish we would have, you know, had better results on the USMTSF, which was still a good year, but, you know, we always want to try better, but, uh, it's uh it was really cool to get that award i mean uh thank you guys for that and uh you know we uh you know did have a good year but you know always want to be better yeah yeah no doubt well i can tell you i I did get to see some of the uh as all that was shaken out and it was uh it was pretty unanimous so uh congratulations you will you will represent the show well so uh we we uh we we thank you for uh doing what you do man and we thank you for taking the time to be a, a part of the show on a on a crazy day on a wednesday of all times but uh um good stuff man best of luck coming in 2022 we look forward to talking to you soon and uh just just keep at it man you're you're one of the best I appreciate it, and like I said, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the uh, award, and uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely, you bet, man. Take care. Yep, thank you. All right, man. Here he is, Rodney Sanders. <laughs> I had a bad year, he says. Had a bad year, but I won more races than I have in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I tell you, and I mean that's the thing, you know, when you get guys like he and Faulkner and all these guys, where it's like. I kind of sucked. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, man, I just love it. I love it. Good dude right there. Really, really good dude, and and we appreciate him taking the time for that. And, and that's a good-looking award. We need to get those posted. I don't actually think that we've posted those on the site. I don't think so. I mean, I got the picture from Phil. Yeah. Well, I think got the picture from Owen. So, And we need to thank o- Owen Pittman for, for doing that. I mean, because that, that, that is a really good-looking award. And, and let me tell you, folks, when you need trophies and everything that, that you're looking for, you need to call Owen Pittman. And, and, again, people ask me, why do you promote Owen Pittman so much? I'm like, well, lots of reasons. Number one, he's keeping racing alive in South Texas. He's now got two tracks. He He does trophies for all these different people. He's a guy that would probably die on the sword for racing. That's why I promote Owen Pittman. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's, he, uh, he's, uh, I love the guy, but God damn, he's kind of stupid <laughs> to keep coming back for more. And I mean that in a really nice way. Owen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Well, you're crazy. He crazy for jumping in with both feet at two tracks. One track was bad enough. Now he's got two. Uh, that he's working at, but if anybody can make it happen, Owen's the guy that can make it happen, and he's doing that South Texas Arena Racing Series just stuff. So he's just a gutting for a gutting for punishment. <laughs> and right he there. checks in. He says stupid. Oh, and I, I didn't mean to say stupid. I meant crazy. <laughs> I meant crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's one of those Owen Pittman. I went a little Western right there. <laughs> that that kind of <laughs> slipped out right there. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry about that. But uh, you know what I mean. I, I meant it all in in good love. But uh, good stuff there from Rodney Sanders. And um, man, it, uh, it it is so <laughs> it is so crazy to to, to watch this guy to, to go around and um, with these shows that we see. You know, whether it be, you know, what what they were doing right there with with the big show they just came back from. But to go out there and win four of six races, it's, um, that's stupid. <laughs> that is stupid. Well, they had a lot of competition there, too. Right. You figure uh, out a lot of the guys. That, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you had a lot of West Coast guys that were coming there, too. Absolutely. Just outside of El Paso, uh, you know, those guys from California, where they still got to tow four to six hours. Uh, it's a hell of a lot closer to El Paso to California than it is from here to El Paso. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Um, at least from Central Texas, anyway. So I, I think that the way that that shook out was really good. It's interesting that, that he said about the fans not being at the Monday races at TMS. Yeah, which we kind of thought about. But was you know the XR deal? That's all about streaming. That's trying to get everybody streaming. It is. Which I'm really going to be interested to see when XR does this late model deal coming up at Cotton Bowl. How many people are going to be in the grandstands there at Cotton Bowl for that big three-day show versus how many people are going to be online? Obviously, the late models bring the people. Uh, not as many people as World of Outlaws, but I think that's a big enough show with the the allure and the speed of Cotton Bowl that a super late model race right there might be a lot of fun. Yeah, and when I was talking earlier about the whole promoter thing, I was actually having a, a conversation with Gina today. And I mentioned to her with, with Mobile, I mean, because you, you think about the expense, everything that's going in with what she's doing there with Gulf Coast. Um, talking about the bleachers, I mean, uh, the, the, you, you saw it, Bobby. I mean, that's, it's like San Antonio. I mean, that whole front straightaway full of bleachers. I told mm-hmm. her, I told her, I said, why don't you, because you're, you're going to have so many people checking in on streaming and the option's still there on, on how she's going to do that, who's going to be doing that. But I said, why don't you, why don't you go in and, and do the TMS thing? Close some of those bleachers off. Sell 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 the you know, put a tarp. I mean, put a tarp, sell that thing as a as a sponsorship option. I mean, do mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, I mean, don't do it, you know, to where it's gonna hurt your front gate too, because there's gonna be a lot of people that want to go there. But I mean, do that. I mean, do that because lots of there's gonna be lots of eyeballs in on the streaming part. And um just a thought on my part, and I think that's where, where you know, racetracks around the country, uh, I mean, here in Texas, I mean, I know Marianne does a really good job with her banners on the back straightaway. I don't know how much she sells those things for, but especially with, with Race on Texas and, every, you know, with the, as popular as Speed Pass is, if I were them, those banners would get a little bit more expensive with all those eyeballs on that. Yeah, especially. I mean, that's the way that's the way it works, right? The bigger eyeballs, the bigger you can charge for it. The more of them, yeah. And so I just I think that it a lot of it comes down to the way you know. The, there's billboards there at at Mobile, but they're kind of way way back off there, right? When you you don't really get a chance to see them on the stream as much. No. But I think that's also got a lot to do with camera positioning too. Sure, sure. Uh, but but Mobile's a unique track. I mean, I only got to go one time to be the race director. I didn't get a chance to sit around and enjoy it like a fan would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I think that the mobile is, is set up for some really good stuff. There's a ton of races coming up there in 20 in 2022, but I need to actually get back to Gina since she sent me a text the other day and I still haven't responded to her. Remind me to do that later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she, uh, but yeah, she, she's definitely, uh, just like going, jumping in with both feet, trying to get it, trying to get it handled over there. So, 
Yeah, and it, it really is. I mean, it's going to be a full, you know, bill right there, you know, with everything she's doing. But but kind of back to what, what Rodney Sanders was talking about right there. I mean, we, we see all these dirt tracks, and, and the Saturday night shows, are they're easier. I mean, it, it's more, uh, you know, for folks. I mean, folks have to work. I mean, it's hard in Texas to do stuff during the week. I mean, and I can tell you one thing. If you're not able to pull people into TMS dirt track on a Monday night, you know, in that market, that uh, especially with Kennedale and everything that's over there, if you're not having success with that, I mean, that tells you how hard it is to do it on a on a, on a weeknight. But it um, that's one of the challenges here for for the short tracks, and I mean for for Marianne, I mean for Owen with both of his tracks, which is weird to say Owen and both of his tracks, <laughs> you know, thirty seven. Uh, I mean, it, all of them. I mean, I mean that's going to be the thing to get people in there, and um, I think they're going to be fine. But um, I, I, I'm I'm curious to see how we fire off. Um, Waco's the one. I know they're going to be fine. I know they're going to be fine because people just keep showing up there on Friday nights at 4.30 in the afternoon, and it, they don't race till late. But um, it, it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens this year. I think it will be in terms of trying to see how everything changes. Obviously, it's kind of like what Sanders said there is that you've got the shortage stuff is still crazy to think that's, about how much stuff is still, on the short, or it's still yeah. shortage yeah. of parts, of pieces. I mean, don't wreck your car. Because it'll be sitting in a body shop for a good solid two months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's tough, and that's uh, where folks need to think about. I, I mean, and, and again, as we talk about, you know, with racing advancing and and people, you know, it used to be people built their, built their own cars, but now when people are building your stuff, I mean, it's harder because they have a backlog of of trying to get stuff in. So. Anyway, we'll continue to follow that, but uh, let, let's let's go back. It's Rocket Wednesday. We talked to the, the Rocket, Rodney Sanders. Now we're going to talk to the Robstown Rocket, Cameron Starry. And this is a dude, we've talked to him, you know, a young man, sorry. A young man that we've talked to on the show before, but uh, this dude came into his own in 2021 and started doing really cool stuff. Cameron, how you doing, my friend? good sir how are you we're doing well please don't call us sir we're we're old we're old but but we're all friends <laughs> we're we're all friends here but uh so so cameron let, let's let's recap 2021 for you man you um you did some really cool stuff give give us all the highlights of uh of everything that you accomplished this year uh i think the first one that we accomplished would uh we we got our first ever uh, factory stock win early in the year at Texana, and that really set the bar high for 2021. And uh, I I'd say another really big thing that happened in 2021 was uh, Stealth Oil Well Services, Leslie Gill and his family over there in Odessa. They really they really boosted our entire racing career. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 2021 and these upcoming years, um, he brought um, would get us getting the modified and uh, having a big year in the factory stock, and it really uh, started bringing everything together. Um, got the first one in the modified and the factory stock, so um, that was a really good year to get a win in both. Yeah. Yes, Cameron. I was there. I got to actually call uh, both those wins for you—the one in the in the factory stock and the one for the modified. You you were bouncing in between the two cars, and it seemed like you finally got the groove of it towards the end of the season. But for you, I mean, obviously the the speed difference is there for sure. But 
How much of a driving change do you have to do to go from racing that heavy, heavy factory stock to racing that big modified, big powered horsepower modified? Well, um, uh, it's definitely a big uh, learning experience going from the factory stock to the modified. Um, considering with the modified, you have to drive it um, about 10 times harder than you do the <laughs> factory stock. And uh, you have to be a little bit more technical yeah. with the modified. Uh, keep it going and uh, keep it up and try to be consistent every single lap where with the factory stock, you can kind of let off and roll the bottom or roll the top if you want to. But in the modified, if you... Uh, if you get out of the gas and try to roll it, you're uh, you're not going to be too good in the in the corners and stuff with how the suspension difference is. Um, for the speed down the straightaways and everything, that's uh, really the bigger thing that you notice. Um, whenever I first started racing the modified, that um, the straightaways feel about half the distance that they are compared to the factory stock <laughs> because of how much uh, lighter and how much more motor that the modified has. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Cam, how, how big is that for you? Because I, I know a lot of times you, you dive in, you started, you, you know, with the factory stock, you had to get in there. Like you said, the technical part, you know, the modified is technical. The, the factory stock, man, you, you got to, you got to drive your tail off. I mean, it, um, so many young dudes like yourself, I mean, they jump in and they jump into the, in the modified, but, uh, how, how great was that for you to jump in, learn how to drive, learn how to drive one of these stock cars and then advance yourself up into, into the modified. I think it was really good. Um, considering that um that um we kind of just uh got into this thing all like it felt like we all we kind of moved up real fast in a hurry yeah but it it was good um whenever i got in the modified after racing the factory stock for uh years uh for about two years is that um you you kind of know on restarts what uh what you could do to kind of just gain a little bit more on the restarts and stuff that transfers over to the modified and the different stuff that like more factory stock that you would think does transfer over to the modified to uh kind of help you get a little bit more consistent and everything straight out the gate hmm. interesting yeah it is so how much of the technical stuff do you get behind the wheel are you one of those kids that prima donnas that just show up on race day uh, polish your so. helmet a little bit and get in there <laughs> are you one of those that gets underneath that hood starts grabbing wrenches starts turning Turning everything and everything, including the steering wheel, on that thing. How 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 does your day go when you get to the racetrack? Uh, usually, uh, we try to get everything done at uh, at the shop uh, leading up to the race day. That I, whenever uh, if anything does happen on the way to the track or um, at the track, um, pretty much everything else is already done from tires to maintenance to to greasing everything, making sure everything's ready to go. Um, I've uh, I will say that I'm I'm starting to learn more and more about um, maintenance and uh, getting your, my hands dirty and getting underneath it. Um, nice. 89 Motorsports, Stephen Whitaker and uh, all of them uh, over there, they've they've really been helping me with uh, how to maintenance my stuff and how to make sure everything's ready to go for race day. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a big thing right there. So, Cam, your, your thoughts? I mean, racing there at Texana, now you've got the uh, Owen doing his thing where he's kind of taking taking those both on. Your thoughts? I mean, your neck of the woods out there. How big is that to have both of those tracks under the same uh, umbrella with 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 really good promoter that that's uh, really going to build racing uh, for you guys along the Gulf Coast? 
I think that's going to be really good, uh, considering that um, I'm a rookie in the modified. So <laughs> the more IMCA races I can get, the more that yeah. uh, that's going to help me in the ranking side. So I think it'll be really good to have two tracks uh, working together where races aren't really stacked up on top of each other, where you can uh, yeah. maneuver around a kind of race um, multiple weeks in a row where you're getting uh, you're getting your money worth uh, racing every single week and uh, being competitive, knowing that you're going to have a, a good, uh, smooth ran place and uh, it's going to be competitive every single night. Yep. Now, see, Cam, I don't know if you know it or not. I got to talk to your PR guy about about racing, and I think Rodney got to, too. Uh, and that guy is Tommy it's, it's It's hard not to talk to him because he keeps blowing it's you right. up. He's blowing your phone up until you talk to him. Um, but he almost, he almost shed a tear that night or might have actually shed a few tears that night that you won your first uh, Big Mod race. So talk about your relationship with Tommy. He's he one of those unsung heroes. He's a pretty good dude over there, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a... He's actually, he's a very good dude uh, once you get to know him and once you get to talk to him. And uh, he's one of the reasons why uh, I am racing and uh, how how advanced that my um, my racing program has advanced in three years of uh, me racing. Uh, from him uh, hyping me up, uh, getting my name out there, um, to donating me parts, helping sponsorship, just helping everything, being a good guy, uh, knowing that he's there. Uh, if if you need something during the week or uh, at the track, uh, he's always there, and um, not a bad thing that I have to say about him. Yeah, yeah, very good dude, very good dude. Uh, so so Cam, you not only here. I mean, you've gotten to explore, you've gotten to get out and and race outside of you know our our little neck of the woods right here. Your thoughts on on exploring other places, uh, your experiences, and uh, h- how's all that gone for you? It's uh it's it's gone really good too. Yeah, um uh, we just got back from Arizona two week long racing IMCA Winter Nationals up there in Arizona and uh it was very good to see what the topper the bigger teams how they uh do their maintenance and how they do their tires and everything leading up to the race night and uh what they do in between races, um, whenever they get to the track, how early they're getting there, uh whether they stay and hang out after the races or if they (laughs) work on their stuff after the races or they stay and work on it in the morning. And, um, it, you really learn a lot, uh, going up there to the bigger tier, uh, races and events like that with, the the such, uh, advanced, uh, people that race those and travel around with those tours and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. No doubt. So Cam, a little birdie told me to ask you a question about uh your iRacing career and apparently you've been getting some cash and some coin over there racing from iRacing Woo! what could you tell us about that racing venture you got right there oh uh <laughs> um <laughs> i got uh, he stumbles. I, was, he stumbles. I was messing around when i was messing around one time and uh I didn't realize that I uh, joined one of those uh, broadcasted things where they do the interviews and it's all over uh, social media and stuff like that where they're recording it. And I just so happened to won, uh, win the race and uh, the guy asked me if I was on a team or if I had anybody to thank or anything like that. And I, I didn't have nothing to say. And then so I texted him. I was like, uh, about this team thing, is that really a thing on iRacing and stuff like that? And he told me everything I needed to know and I uh, – I ended up uh, joining uh, a team, uh, my first ever team. They were called No Mercy Motorsports, and uh, we raced those big block cars on the iRacing. And uh, 
I got smoother and smoother and uh, made a good relationship with the um, the guy that owned that thing. And um, me and him ended up venturing off to a bigger team. And now we're on a now we're on a bigger team that ha- gives us really good setups and uh, really good everything to get us running up front and uh, trying to make a run for that pro series. Oh man, that's and uh, actually uh, speaking of the Irish and uh, uh, I have a have a pro series race tonight at eight o'clock that i'm oh I'm seventh in points right now he's like i gotta go he's like he's like enough, he's, he's like hurry up, you clowns. hurry up i gotta go hurry up. so so i gotta ask you so so when you when you won that 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 um that factory sock race how cool was it to finally notch that one off the belt i mean because it's always been you know so many racers say the first one is the hardest one so many times when you check that one off and you got that one knocked out of the way i mean did did you go home and you're like good it's done um yeah um I, in the heat of the moment i uh i wasn't really uh showing much emotion but once i got once i got home and it started setting in i think i watched the replay video about a hundred times of uh, <laughs> me uh, me passing for the lead but uh yeah it was actually uh really good um oh. it really set the um, my bar high for 2021 and showed uh that I can I can get up there and compete, and uh, that every single time I strap on the helmet, that I'm gonna be uh, someone that they're gonna look out for and know that um, I'll I'll be there in the in a couple laps, and uh, know that uh, I'm not a I'm not gonna be a pushover out there, and right. um, that I'm gonna um, I'm I'm there to win every single night. That's right. That's right. All right. 2022. When does when, the season start? I mean, refresh us. What what all's uh, everything for you moving forward? I mean, I know we're, it's time to fire off. Uh, let us know uh, what, what all's uh, entailed with you with, with both cars, and uh, and then we'll let you go win some money. <laughs> um, it's crazy to say, but our uh, 2022 uh, it's already started. I, yeah, we have right. 11 races already in 2022, and. Uh, Damn. I think uh, we're we're gonna try to hit every single Monday uh, XR race that they have at Texmar Speedway. Um, we're we're gonna go to the Texmar Speedway two day show Sweet. here in a, a week or two, whenever that one is. Um, and uh, we really um, we have a lot of two day schedules, uh, ones where we uh, travel up to Waco on Friday and then come back down here to Corpus for uh, Saturday Damn. shows. And uh, we have a uh, we have a bunch of traveling out of town races and a lot of uh, bigger races that um, that we're going to try to hit and see if we can uh, be competitive at. But um, with uh, all three tracks down here, 37 uh, Race Ranch and uh, Texana, you can really uh, you can really fill up your race schedule with just those three tracks so uh we're gonna have a really uh jam-packed schedule and i think that's gonna be a good 2022 yeah i think so too my man all right dude uh go win some money and uh thanks for taking the time thanks for jumping on we're proud of you dude and uh just keep doing it keep being solid and uh win some races my friend win some races yeah you're you're doing a hell of a job thank you you bet take care yes sir you too all right here he is (laughs) I love started that. with sir and ended with sir. I love that's that subtle. I, I, I love that subtle hint. <laughs> I've got a race yeah. at eight o'clock. That was good. Okay, a way to get out of the interview. Okay, okay. go kick some ass. Let All me right, tell you, go. Let me tell you something. So remember the first time we talked to him? You remember mm-hmm. that? Man, he is so scared. Pot. It ain't been he that was long. Scared. It ain't been yeah. that long. It ain't been that long. That dude is smooth as silk. Has your phone been blown up like mine? Everybody talking about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm and my phone's blowing up nonstop. I'm, like, wow, I'm, what happened? Where'd uh, this kid come from? Where'd this kid come from? We ain't doing wow, shit. Wow, he's matured. We ain't doing shit. Yeah. He, um, man, that that's the real deal right there. And for him to, for him to jump in and 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 do that modified thing, and and I was so glad for him when 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 he won the factory stock race because. Uh, you know the the factory stocks are so competitive, and you see all the guys that are are, are coming. I don't want to say step down, but step down into that class. You, you get in there and you win one of those, and that's that's pretty impressive. But uh, to jump into the modified and and uh, it um, that dude's a real deal right there. And, and of course, you can go back to, I mean, the whole story, the whole story of him even being a racer. Man, it is a uh, fantastic. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool story. Uh, yeah, we we talked about it the first time he was racing, yeah. or first time he was on us when he was racing the, with the first go around. Uh, but when's this dude have time for women and go to school and all that? You talking about running Waco on a Friday night and then driving back down to Corpus on a Saturday? Yeah, that's a hell that's a hell of a schedule, man. Yeah, that's um, I would have loved to have had uh, you know growing up as a, as a kid. I mean, I had to squeeze in you know I had to squeeze in girls and various things you know beer drinking you know maybe some pot smoking or what whatever it may have been you know you had to find time for that. But uh, I mean, this dude he is racing, racing, racing. I would have loved to have that as a hell. He's young. He's young. Way young. Yeah, way pretty young kid there, young man, as we like to say. That's right. That's um, but, right. But the good news is, his PR guy will, will stop blowing up our phones now. Well, and and we we do need to give some love to Tommy Temple. I, I mean, we can joke around about him, you know, as much as we want. He, um, I mean, he's doing a really good service down there. I mean, obviously with Triton, you know that that's his son, and. Uh, mm-hmm. There with Cameron, but he really does. I mean, I mean, they want to promote. I mean, and 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 the thing is, you know, you you've got their team, but the whole thing is, he does reach out and he wants to help all the racers down there. And, and, oh and yeah, it, yeah. And, and Tommy's Tommy's done this for a long time. I mean, Tommy Tommy and I raced at CC Speedway back in that big old nineteen ninety five um, Brian Callaway thing. But um, he really is. I mean, he wants to help all the young drivers, and it's uh, it's really cool to see all the success that that they're all having these days. Well, it says about the water down in Corpus. You can add Cam Starry next to that list too, as one of them wheelmen that came out of the Corpus Christi area. I know, man. It it, it really is going to be. I mean, there there's so many of them, and I think now with the uh, with the race ranch, I mean, I think it's really going to grow. And I do like with the thirty seven, the Texana, and and the race ranch. I think. And it, this is how good he is. He said the race ranch. He didn't say STS. <laughs> yeah, he was good. That's good. that was impressive. That was impressive. even hell. Even we're still saying STS, and we know Owen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, thank you, Patrick Kelly. We do need to talk about that. Uh, Jim Blevins, man, that that's one of those guys. When you go back to those San Antonio days, I mean, I don't know, Bobby, you know Mike Balzer very well. I, mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- that was a bunch right there with those guys that got out there and racing Blevins. I mean, that that's that's one of those. I, I got that. Um, I got a private message there from someone, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, it. Um, that sucks. It, uh, uh, man, prayers to, to all that family. I mean, that's, uh, that's a good dude. I mean, that's one of those guys that just love the sport and, and just continue to give and give and give and chased it from, uh, chased it from the pavement to dirt. And, uh, man, that, 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 that really stinks. Yeah, it's always a big loss when you, when you realize you never realize how much somebody touches the community until they're gone, unfortunately. Yeah. And to seeing all the posts on Facebook about, 
You know, I knew him when I was a kid racing here and racing there. He always had good looking race cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought every once in a while, I thought there was Slick Hillman's racing out there when he used to yeah. run that 24 Ford Thunderbird. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he got some inspiration from Slick on some of those cars, but uh, a big loss, uh, a big, uh, a big hole to fill now. Uh, mm-hmm. both in that family itself and the racing community in general. So yeah. thoughts and prayers out to everybody on that side yep. of the world over there with his family. Absolutely. And I saw that uh, some of the arrange, uh, arrangements had changed there. You can go to the, I think it was San Antonio Race Reunion on Facebook where you can see all of that. Uh, if you happen to be in that area and, uh, you know, just just think some some thoughts there uh, for those folks, uh, you know, as they continue to uh, deal deal with all that right there. But uh, really good program tonight. Uh, we had the, the two Rockets, man. This was fun for a Wednesday. It uh, it grew. It did okay. It did okay. It did all right. It did okay. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So we should be back to Monday, I think. I think next week. Yeah, we should be, right? Should be, yeah. My birthday's on Wednesday, so we probably won't have a show next week. So didn't talk at no, least on Wednesday. Didn't talk no football. Didn't talk no football. So great football weekend at NFL, man. For, for all the folks that hate the NFL, <sighs> If you like, they got what they wanted. If you like football, I was sure hoping that I didn't. I, and I gotta say, I gotta say, I kept waiting for folks to say the NFL was rigged. You can't rig that. You can't no. rig what we saw this weekend. No, you can't rig snow and block punts for sure. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I mean, there's no way. And it, it, the the championship Sunday that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. And so we're we're easing up to this. I mean, uh, Rolex Twenty Four. That's this weekend, isn't it? Right, kicks off on NBC uh, and ends on NBC. Lots of lots of racing coverage on USA this year. Uh, we'll get a post up to talk about the different stuff. They are doing flag to flag coverage on Peacock uh, for that, so that's probably a pretty long broadcast. But yeah, tons of uh, quite a bit of coverage there on both NBC Network, NBC and USA. USA is a new home of racing for a lot of series there on on uh, on USA because I think the Supercross stuff moves back to CNBC mm-hmm. because of the coverage for the twenty four. That's right, and I think that I think that's a good outlet. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I know a lot of folks. I saw some people that were that were talking about having to pay for Peacock, you know, to to do whatever. I'm like, Peacock is really cheap. USA is actually more expensive, but uh, USA is going to be a, a good landing place for all that. Uh, it's um, it's ever changing, man. It, it is so different. It's such a different environment, and um, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of folks complaining about. Well, you know, I can't see whatever. Well, well, you know, way way back when, you couldn't see any bush race. There were no bush races. You had none of that. ESPN, I mean, Speed, I mean, they were the ones that really brought all this. Mav TV is really doing a good job and all this. And uh, for for everybody, I, I mean, by that by that uh, that Cordial thing, I mean, if you want something to watch on Saturday, there you go. It's right there. It's it's not expensive. It's not expensive. You can watch it on your smart TV if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with the way everything that's going nowadays with everybody having an app, uh, everybody's got it, especially uh, everything's on a Roku or an Apple device. So, sure. Uh, if you, if you really want to get involved and get some racing and streaming, you got to get a Roku, absolutely, or, or even a, even an Apple Fire or an Apple Fire, uh, an Amazon Fire Stick. But definitely get to, as that's the wave of the future, man. Uh, they're even talking about this next TV package with NASCAR that Amazon's going to start getting involved in it to try to find a way to start streaming races on their stuff. Ooh, that'll be fun. That'll be a great discussion. Yeah, that'll make for some good content on the Saturday show. Mm, hey, yeah, don't forget about that. Uh, Revved Up ATX, uh, Saturday on the Horn. Revved Up uh, ATX, hornfm.com, if you're on Austin Radio, whatever, or the Horn app. That'll be a good thing. 
Rodney Sanders, Cameron Starry, fun Wednesday show. Bobby, uh, stay warm, my friend. Uh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool for a few days. Yeah, we'll survive. A little cold weather never hurt anybody. You ain't never lie. You ain't never lie. Thank you all for checking in. We are back next Monday. Hashtag Real Race Talk from Texas. It is Rebel Sports Show.